This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Coin Gaming, Nexo, and Kava Labs. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. I'm excited. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Monday morning here in, in always sunny in Sarasota, Florida. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching Untold Stories, where twice a week, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to fully unpack and understand how this movement came to be. Because if we can understand how it came to be, we can know where it's going. And I'm very gracious. I'm very honored. And uh, I appreciate Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Jennifer Harding Marlin, you are a lawyer in Canada and the Federation of St. Kitts, uh, St. Christopher and Nevis. Oh, I didn't know St. Kitts stands for St. Christopher. Is that same thing? Yeah, that's St. Christopher stands for St. Kitts. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't think yeah. anyone knows that. Any, and, and you um, have traveled extensively in the Caribbean, Central Canada, uh, Central American Europe. Um, you've established residency in three different countries and you've traveled uh, all over the world and you are the guru and the wizard of citizenship by investment, complex multi-jurisdictional uh, litigation, just being able to bring in all the different uh, uh, systems uh, around the world and allow people to potentially uh, become citizens of different countries or based on tax strategies or family history or heritage or for whatever the reason, uh, you help people do that. And what's so intriguing is most people, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like most people think that this whole citizenship by investment or second passports, uh, secondary citizenship is a fairly new thing. Most people think it started like after the 2008 crisis or whatever. And then that's when it really kicked off and now the crypto or whatever and COVID and people moving around. But really, just the other day, I had someone who was actually a very high ranking member of, of, our, of the American government who's retired now, whispered in my ear. And he's like, no one knows this. Well, obviously people who need to know it, but like <laughs> only my, fa my family and I have had secondary citizenship for decades. Um, and I'm like, wow, why, why, why? And, and told me just, it's first for him, it was, uh, in the, in the seventies during the, the gold, a lot of the gold issues that were going on and in the U S people were losing a lot of their wealth and their money and people were afraid of the government. And, and so he decided for his family for sleeping at night against a hedge. He just want, felt comfortable, you know, having an investment in another country and then having citizenship there. Uh, as a way for himself. And that was his his reasoning. And I said, I, I love that. Do you do you get the same type of answers? And is it true? Has it been around that long, some of these programs? Yeah, so some of the programs have been around for a very long time. For example, we do a lot of St. Kitts and Nevis citizenship. And the citizenship program has been in operation since 1984. So it's really been wow. on for, for a really long time. And a lot of people are motivated to get a second passport for many different reasons. A lot of people, it's a plan B option. Um, they want to hedge against risk they're, um, for tax purposes and or have access to high-level visa-free travel and just to sleep at night knowing that they can be, you know, if anything goes wrong, they can just move to their, the country where they acquired citizenship and have that citizenship in their back pocket. Could it be that people who look at second citizenship, like myself included, and, and so many others, you look at it and you almost say to yourself, why do borders actually exist? Yeah, that's a question. When I first started to get into the industry, what I thought was really, or what I kind of like dislike about uh, the world that we live in is that we, 
you know, people are limited based on simply the country where they're born. If you're born in the, in Pakistan or you're you're born in a, a country, the, the opportunities that you have are limited for travel, for work purposes, for um, you name it. And so that's one of the re reasons why I got into the industry is I wanted to help people achieve their goals, be able to travel more freely, live more freely and globally, um, whether that's for business, to be able to travel for business or have more opportunities available to them. Um, so yeah, I, I agree that uh, the world shouldn't have borders. <laughs> and like, you look at that and there are so many programs around the world now. And um, I just read a paper, I think Mark Zuckerberg wrote a paper in 2007 talking about how for centuries, humankind has gone, you know, from rural farmland and then eventually into cities, industrial revolution, the rise of the nation state as we know it uh, during, you know, around, um, you know, if you look at just the rise of, of different kingdoms in, in medieval England coming out of the, the middle dark ages and into what the, the age that we're in now, uh, the rise of the nation state, like I said, and then you have like the rise of these smaller, more efficient jurisdictions. Uh, like Singapore and Singapore is and Dubai or being Israel are being seen as great places during COVID just because they're more smaller, nimble governments. So, but what Mark Zuckerberg said was very interesting. And I think you agree with him and it's the reason you went into your business and, but you never probably read the paper. And that is that the next step for humankind is the digital nation state and that people shouldn't have to be uh, denied different uh, equality based on the countries that they're that they were born in, and in fact, freeing you know being freed freed from those shackles, like what you help people do, is something that Mark had talked about over ten years ago. And so, like now that we have crypto and we have the ability to do online decentralized governance, uh, to be able to have digital identity and do all these things, so it's not just like cryptocurrency; it's crypto equity, crypto government, crypto everything. You're potentially going to see the rise of like the political class of Bitcoiner and that political class doesn't care what passport they hold. They just want to hold the best one so they can do business and travel freely around the world. Yeah. So we've, this year we've experienced a lot of cryptocurrency investors that have been seeking second passports um, that have like more of sort of like a libertarian sure. um, um, viewpoint. And especially because Roger Veer, who you're friends with, who, did the citizenship program himself um, sort of kind of led the way for other people to to get into second passports. So what are the what are the most top programs right now? Um, for cryptocurrency investors, I would have to say like St. Kitts and Nevis and Antigua and Barbuda. There's no personal income tax in both these countries. Um, so some people uh, want to do it for that purposes is also for very family friendly. So you can include multiple family members in an application for citizenship and pass on the citizenship to via descent. So to future children or add a future spouse uh, in the future. But what ended, what ended up happening to everyone that I've spoken to who became a citizen of this place, wherever it was, they ended up buying a house there or traveling there extensively, joining the local community, once they had that passport, um, how many people have I spoken to who spend their winters in St. Kitts now? What, what type of, do you see that happening with a lot of your clients? Do they, after the fact, start to say, hey, now that I'm a citizen of this place, let me look into it. Let, let me get involved in the community. Yeah, so we're seeing that increasingly that people want to actually come and spend time in the Caribbean. 
uh, before some people just wanted the passport and now people want to become more actively involved or they're like growing crypto community and based in the Caribbean. So what's the difference between like citizenship and residency around the world? You have like Estonia offering something like e-residency. Does that come with any rights or anything like that? Yeah, so the concept of citizenship and residency are different. So citizenship is you're a citizen of the country. You can be issued a passport. Uh, Residence is you can have residence and tax residence. So residence would be that you have certain rights to live in the country. And tax residence means you're subjected to the tax tax regime of the country in which you reside where you live. Hmm. Um, So a lot of the countries you have to spend over 183 days uh, to be considered tax residence amongst other factors. It's uh, and and with St. Kitts, uh, what's that process like and, and how much does it typically cost? Yeah, so the process normally takes about six months uh, from start to finish. Uh, and uh, there's lots of quite a bit of documentation that's involved. And you only have to make the investment once you're approved. So there's a donation option as well as a real estate option for citizenship. Tell me like, tell me like your typical client, what happens, what, what type of phone calls do you get? Um, you, you get cryptocurrency. I'm sure you get a lot of cryptocurrency folk now before crypto was even a thing. Uh, who are your typical clients and and do they, do they like tell you their stories of, of, of why or, uh, things like that? Yeah. So some people, um, are, are motivated to share why they want to do citizenship. Other people just want to keep it private. Um, so we're, we're open to helping people all around the world. We have different clients. Someday they want it for the visa free. A lot right recently we've been doing a lot of Americans. So a lot of Americans that eventually want to renounce their their hmm. citizenship. Uh, so those are the typical clients that we're we're getting high net worth individuals that want more freedom elsewhere. There there has been like positive but also some negative stigma about this written over the years. You um are working with the immigration offices, people very high up in these governments. Um, have they ever been afraid of keeping these programs alive uh, in the past? I think that a lot of the, the, the Caribbean countries in particular that offer citizenship by investment, they're really dependent on the citizenship by investment program because they're really based on tourism and financial services industry. And especially now due to COVID, they're, they really want the, to maintain their, their citizenship program. So. Do you think, think it'll ever it'll be continue. like a tipping point type of situation where just so many people are seeking secondary citizenship that other countries, bigger countries will open up, you know, and then and then like what if. OK, so what if the EU just opened up the ability to make it a lot easier to be, you know, to, to, to do that or or some of these places? Could you see countries. Off uh, uh, rescind the right to become a citizen of another country where you'd have to give up your initial citizenship or just not be able to do it at all. Yeah, I mean, programs are subject to change all the time. Like Cyprus used to offer citizenship by investment program, which was recently shut down in September. Um, All the citizenship programs, they do a due diligence background check on people. Yeah. So um, I think that's sort of kind of trying Countries try to do a good job of that to maintain the reputation of their programs to continue to be attractive for international investors. That's really smart. Why did why did Cyprus shut down? Uh, I think just because of uh, due diligence or 
peer pressure, uh, pressure from other nations to shut down their program. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the EU ones get a lot of pressure and they don't last for a while. I know Malta is big now, potentially getting a lot of pressure from the EU as a whole. I wonder if that program will will last. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Malta program's been in operation for a couple of years now. Um, so let's hope that it continues. And I mean, I, I think if there's a program that interests you, you really need to jump on it because it might not be here, to, you know, in the next year. So. Can we talk some some numbers for my listeners? Like, what is a typical, um, well, like, if you look at St. Kitts, I think I heard it was like around $200,000 or something like that. Yes. So it's $150,000, uh, an investment contribution if you're doing the donation option. Uh, as well as if you're into want to do the real estate, uh, there's the two hundred thousand to be maintained for seven years with an additional donation fee of thirty five thousand main applicant, twenty five thousand spouse. I won't get into all the details. Sure. Um, yeah. But there's the real estate and the donation, and there's other Caribbean countries, not just St. Kitts. There's Antigua and Barbuda, St. Lucia, Grenada, Dominica that also offer citizenship by investment programs. Hey guys, the Coin Gaming IO folks are back at it with another amazing promo. This time they're giving away three. Teslas from April 19th to June 27th. It's so cool. Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie. There's so many incentives and promos and things that they've been giving away over the past few months to my listeners. But now if you go to Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie and you play their game Live Crash and you can get in the top 10 in all 10 tournaments, you'll be entered in to win one of three Teslas. So all you got to do is go in there, play some slots, play some games, get into the top 10 in any of the games, and you'll be entered to win one of three Teslas. I mean, how cool is that? They've been giving away stuff at St. Patty's Day, at Valentine's Day. They're constantly, we're, we're always doing so many amazing promos. Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie. You will not be disappointed. Hey guys, it's Charlie. And remember that time we interviewed Anthony Trenchev from Nexo Finance? Well, they are on a roll Right now, offering 5.9% APR on your crypto credit. You'll be able to borrow at less than 6% on some of your crypto. They got a savings account that's offering 12% interest a year. And now they have an integrated exchange so you can trade between all your cryptos without ever leaving their integrated wallet. It's so amazing. Make sure you check it out at Nexo.io and start earning interest. Start managing your assets because crypto banking just got real with Nexo. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Nexo. It's such a great company. Our partners over at Kava Labs and Binance just launched something really cool, an awesome new integration where you can earn 10% APY on your hard stable coins using the Binance DeFi platform. This is actually pretty cool because Kava Labs has been doing DeFi, but actually in a decentralized way offering governance for their token holders and not only with their stable coins but their lending products all their different the ability to stake and vote and earn different yields and liquidity mining so not only is kava labs doing that but partnering with binance gives it that awesome like full trailblazing go ahead to offer these really really good yields with an amazing partner binance and kava labs together check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash kava that's untoldstories.link forward slash kava there's always some specials and crazy stuff going on enjoy do you have a very deep understanding of like uh international law as, as it relates to to uh um 
how how even countries are formed and things like that. Have you have you read, you know, almost like with a smile over the years, like the these li- Liberlands or you have that one that was in Croatia, they tried to start a nation state. I mean, like, does that, do your hobbies or does what it, it excites you, what you like to read about or or just for fun, is there a crossover between that and what you do for work? Yeah, I mean, definitely like a Liberland, um and just sort of like the promoting more freedom for people that are seeking more freedom if it's in business or with their family or with travel. Um, so I definitely see overlaps in that, that, that those are topics that interest me and that I like to read about. Do you think we'll ever see in, in our lifetime a, a, a new country? I think it's very well possible. Um, it's kind of cool to think about. Yeah. Um, I randomly became friends. With, I talk about him on the show a lot. Um, he, I know he listens to the show, but I recently became fr- friends with someone who, uh, a few years ago, who is a, uh, um, uh, uh, like a deputy, deputy prime minister, speaker of parliament in, in his country. And the country is relatively new. Uh, and he was involved in the formation of that country. A uh, 10 year old country just celebrated his 10 year old anniversary, actually. Uh, and he, he, I'd, so I love picking his brain. I'll just, I'll just ask him just to get on phone calls or go out for dinner. And I'm like, what was that like? Just the paperwork uh, of, 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 you know, now he's, so now he is involved and I had him on the show, actually, he's involved of his country's procession into the EU. And so that's a whole nother, uh, process too. And it's kind of cool to be doing international law. And it goes back to the question I asked you earlier. It's like, could we see a nation state that has no physical land at all, where it's like made up of People who say, I want to become citizens of this nation state, and this is our voting block, but we own land everywhere in the world. I mean, I don't know how that could be. Like, I could declare my citizenship to this. I own land in Florida, and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to, if I want to maintain citizenship in this country that is now accepted by the international community, it doesn't matter where I live, but I will, you know, pay 1% of my property taxes to this jurisdiction. I don't know. Like, I don't, I can't, I'm not making the rules here, but I think you could see a digital nation state. I really do. I do too. Like if you look at NFTs and everything that's gone on in crypto since, since the beginning, I think it's very well possible in our lifetime that we see something like this. What did you do before, before this is a very niche practice? Yeah. So I've pretty much uh, focused on citizenship by investment for the majority of my career. I also worked in the Cayman Islands. Uh, so I worked in the funds industry in Cayman, and I worked in a law firm in uh, the Bahamas. So I spent time living in St. Kitts and Nevis, the Bahamas, and Cayman Islands. And before that, I was a student in law school. I grew up most of my life in Quebec in Canada. Oh, cool. So, 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 so uh, um, those who are listening who, are, who love traveling or like who are interested in moving to the, to the Caribbean, like tell, tell us the differences between some of the islands. Which are your favorite? What are some differences to look out for? Um, you've traveled to, to all of them. A lot of people are moving to Puerto Rico and I know that's a little bit different uh, type of situation that I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually did my pilot's license a couple of years ago. Um, so I've had the opportunity to fly to almost all the different Caribbean countries and it's absolutely beautiful. I love the region. I'm now a Caribbean girl. You won't catch me in Canada in the winter at all. Um, oh, but there's wow. lots of great places for people to go and visit. So, I, I mean, obviously, I, I spend a lot of time in St. Kitts and Nevis. I love St. Kitts and Nevis. 
Cayman Islands is a great island to live in. They have uh, residency programs there that you can do. Um, and then I like Anguilla, I like St. Bart's, um, lots of lots of places to visit. But they're all very different. Some are English speaking, some are Dutch. Um, like, I mean, you can see outside today. Oh, that's gorgeous. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing that beats Caribbean living and living by the water. So I encourage people to come and at least visit or at least spend some time, more time in the Caribbean. When I was in prison, I uh, promised myself that if I could ever afford it, I would always live near the water and never, never not see water. Um, and now I, I'm, I have the fortunate opportunity that I can. And there's something like in our, in our neurological network, Maybe it's because our bodies are made like 70% of water, but maybe it's something neurological, but we, we, we just calmer, less anxiety when you see and you feel and you hear the water, the sea. It's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, I don't know what it is. There's a lot of actually science uh, behind it. They're, they're looking into that about, about that. And in fact, uh, I try to like stay in hotels where I can see water on a river, on a lake or a pond. No matter where I am, just because you know you need that. Yeah, yeah. So that what were the, the first things you did when you got out of prison? Was just the first thing I did again. when I got out of prison was get a cup of coffee, a real one. <laughs> and then the second thing I did was was burn my prison clothes in a gas station parking lot. And then I had to go to a halfway house, but the coffee was was the best because I was drinking really really bad coffee in there. And I remember uh, when I was drinking that coffee, someone gave me a piece of bacon um, and I just started getting so sick because I hadn't had any grease in a year and a half or two years or whatever it was. But yeah, that coffee was so good. I could totally go for a cup of coffee right now. But yeah, I love caffeine. It's my addiction. Good morning. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I think, I think that for the same reason that podcasting um, is you know, considered new media now. Um, we own our distribution. Mm -hmm. Podcasters do. So in the same reason, like, there is a, a, a movement. Most humans don't know it, but we're moving towards that, where it's like we're moving towards self-custody of everything. And it actually goes in line with what we're talking about. So it's not just self-custody of your crypto, which is larger than that. It's not just about your money. It's about your freedom. And what when everyone who's, calls you up, they're doing the same thing. They want to custodialize their own citizenship. And I think the whole world is moving towards that. Yeah, I think people want to choose the, the rules that apply to them. Uh, they want to self-govern oh, themselves yes. <laughs> and choose the jurisdiction and choose, choose the rules of the game that you want to play by. Um, so yeah. Wait, so let's dive into this a little bit more because we never had this before. You were, you, you were born. We know our parents have said it for us. You got to follow the rules. You got to play the game. You got to live in it. But we never chose, right? We never chose which rules we had to play by. And then because of that, the rules have been largely unfair to the people that are playing them. But I think if what you're saying is, and tell me if I'm wrong, that if you cannot choose the rules that you play by, there's now like jurisdictional shopping, right? Like people it forces those jurisdictions to now have to compete with each other. And therefore maybe the rules will become more fair or better because they have to compete for you, for your business, for your citizenship, 
for your tax base. They have to compete for the tax base. Yeah, so that's that's a lot of uh, part of what we do and what we help clients with is uh, choose choose the best place for them. Um, I think uh, um, we're moving towards that that big uh, uh, shift in in the way the world works, and and maybe that shift is like a new nation state that's only digital, or different governments taking uh, uh taking crypto more seriously or investing in and you see like treasuries and 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 whatever that is or just um uh uh why not have a a a passport system on a blockchain uh furthermore like like if what you're saying is true like not what you're saying is true but could St. Kitts or some some of these countries say hey if you be we'll give you a citizenship by investment but Jennifer Everything that you're telling me, it's all on money that you've already made. Could these com- countries offer, and then you can do it because if it's all done on a blockchain, hey, you seem like a good person during due diligence. We'll take you on as a, as a, as a citizen here. But no matter what money you make around the world, we want half a percent of it. I would go for that. It sounds pretty fair. I mean, I, I don't think that people that uh, have done the citizenship program will, will necessarily want that. No, not, uh, not then I, in the past, but I'm saying like, oh, in the, in the future, in the future, I, I think that there's too many programs that are competing against each other, uh, that if you want to be, be the best and continue to be the best and attract the best, then, uh, you have, you to, have to give, give the standard. most, you have to have a high standard and give the most attractive offer. Um, so. I mean, maybe, maybe that will happen in some countries will do that, but uh, I don't think anytime soon. Are people on citizenship probation when they get secondary citizenship from like Barbuda or anywhere? Yeah. So for some countries, they do follow up due diligence, like Antiguan Barbuda, as you mentioned, is an example that after you, once you obtain the citizenship, when you want to go renew your pass, passport after five years, they do a follow up due diligence. So you have to resubmit some documents and oh, man. These. Um, to go through the process again. So, so you're like on probation. Programs that don't do that. So it's a little bit like seen as on probation for some of the programs, not all of them. Are there any countries that if you're a resident now, you cannot get second citizenship? Like if you're, if you were born as a citizen of this country now, when my listeners are listening, like uh, Americans can get secondary citizenship to most places. Are there any countries that where if you're a citizen there, you can't do secondary citizenship? Um, you're, you're talking about like, if you're born in a country, you, you might not necessarily get the citizenship of the, if you're born country. in a country, are there any countries that don't allow you to hold second passports? Oh yeah. So there, there are some countries that don't allow you to hold second passports and you're only allowed to have one passport. And technically if you acquire another passport, then you would have to renounce the, the passport of your home country. Which countries are that? Um, I believe like Japan, China, Russia. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, I didn't realize Japan was would be one of that's that's crazy. Yes. Yeah. You're only allowed to maintain one citizenship, Japanese citizenship. How how have like the local cultures reacted to these programs over the years? Yeah, I, I've talked to that's a, an interesting question because it's something that I asked myself when I got into the industry or uh, how do how do how do local people feel about it? Uh, I think it's mostly positive. A lot of the funds go to help the development of the country. Um, through healthcare, infrastructure, programs, local housing, stuff like that. 
Um, I don't think that all citizens actually want to come and live in the island. They just sort of want the citizenship and the passport. All this is although this trend is probably changing a little bit. Sure. Um, most part has been positive uh, amongst locals. And, and that's my experience in all the Caribbean countries. I've spent time in all of the countries that offer citizenship by investment and everyone seems to be proud of their program and happy that their program exists. What are, what are some numbers? Like how many, how many people around the world do you think hold second, second passports? Not because they were like, you know, like for marriage or something like that, where they had to seek out a second citizenship. What do the numbers look like around the world? It's hard to say just because not all the programs that offer citizenship by investment publish their statistics, but I think it's probably thousands, if not like millions. Jennifer, um, if, if, if my, if my listeners call you, will they get a discount? I mean, they could. Consultation? (laughs) (laughs) We, we, we offer, we typically offer free consultations for clients. Uh, We sort of do like a risk assessment we may or may not be able to help you. Uh, one of the sure. requirements is not to have a, a criminal record. So if you have a criminal record, it's something that we need to. Yeah. Verify. Yeah. We talked about that. So I can't, you know, it's very difficult for me if I wanted to pursue this because of my history. And it's, it's almost a, yeah. a really crappy situation that I have to be a, a second class citizen for the rest of my life. But you know what? I don't mind being a, I don't mind, you know, being someone being outspoken for that. And hopefully, you know, policy can change. I'm, I'm trying do that in America now. I'm trying to at least. And if anyone wants to to help me with this, I'm I'm working with a lot of politicians to end lifetime criminal disenfranchisement. You know, if you made a mistake, there's no reason that you should have a lifetime be a lifetime second class citizen in America. Um, and I'm trying to end that. So yeah, I know it's it's a it's it sucks. And it's not for me, it's for my friends who are constantly having to 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 deal an uphill battle from applying to a bank account and a credit yeah. card to getting a marriage license. When you go get a marriage license, the lady behind the desk at the courthouse knows you're a felon. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Every week I'm reminded about it for something else. And it's it's not fair. I'm a chance. So I'm being, trying to do that. Um, yeah. But thank you it's so al- much. It's also an issue. I was about to say it's also an issue I'm really passionate about. I think, you know, some people have records from 20, 30 years ago and it, it follows you throughout your whole life. And I don't I don't think that a mistake that you made when you were in your late teens or early 20s, then you're 50 or 60 should continue to influence or affect you. So thank you for saying that. Really. Thank you. Jennifer, yeah. thank you so much for for taking the time and, and coming on Untold Stories. You you've given us such a, a wealth of information and you're going to get a lot of calls from my listeners. We're very interested. I hope that everyone finds the freedom and the self-sovereignty that they seek. But more importantly, I, I hope you, Jennifer, and my listeners find the joy in life because life is that gift and we should be living it because this is, this is the gift. It's a beautiful world we live in. You have been listening to Untold Stories. Thank you so much, Jennifer. What is your website? So everyone, I'll have it in the show notes, but for those who are listening and like driving, they can't write it down. What, are, what is your website? Okay, well, first, thank you so much for having me. But our website is www.jhmarlin.com. So you can send me an email at jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R at jhmarlin.com. And I'm happy to answer questions and talk with people further if they want to get more information about getting a second passport. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me.